We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, everybody. Ooh-wee, happy new year. We are back. Welcome to Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. Gabe, it's 2023, 20 Jordan year. Like, what? <laughs> hey, let, there have been so many upsets this season so, so far crazy. in college basketball. We have the WNBA free agency, right? The precipice of that getting started, but. Man, this college season is blowing my mind so far, to say the least. Yeah, it's been it's been wild, and you know it is twenty twenty three. It's also courtside ninety nine. Uh, next week's our one hundredth episode, uh, so be be excited for that. Um, and and we do have some news here actually. Before we get into the basketball, uh, we news. have some podcast podcast news. We okay. are now as the Kerhoop Stats Podcast Collective Network. We're going to the Learfield Network, uh, okay. who's going to hook us up with some. Uh, sponsors and and uh, hopefully help us grow this podcast uh, to different you know uh, college teams and so hopefully they'll get us they'll get us out there more and you the only thing that's gonna change for you you may hear some ads at the beginning and in the middle of the podcast uh, but otherwise everything's gonna be the same here on courts I will be talking uh, about the craziest things that happen in college basketball every Yay. week now I do think um, Megan on on unplugged yesterday. Oh. She kind of talked about like the the individual games of, right. of the of the holiday break. Right. But I want to get your perspective on what's happened since we last <laughs> talked, which was before Christmas. By the way, hey, Merry Christmas! Yeah. Happy oh, New Year. Merry Christmas! Happy New Year! It's almost, it's almost Three Kings Day. <laughs> do, do, Americans don't do Three Kings Day, right? That's not a. I I I don't particularly, but no shade to those who do. No, I I think it's I think it's a it's a, a Cuban thing. So oh. like on when the it's like when the the three kings come to visit Jesus in the yeah. manger, oh. uh, and my grandma Emma and your grandma leaves you presents in your shoes. Oh, in your shoes. In your shoes. Oh. So you get you get more presents on like January sixth or seventh or eighth. 
I I don't know. I don't know how that came about. But regardless, this is this will be our uh, I guess this will be our Three Kings episode to hear some gifts in our shoes because it was a weird week for you trying to do your top twenty five. I want to hear about the process and why it was so confusing. Oh man! Well, if you didn't know, you know now that I have been an AP voter for a couple of years here now, uh, maybe five or six years, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it was a bear on Monday to go through the list, right, of the top 25 teams in college basketball and choose the the lineup. It was so yeah. tough. I thought coaching, like you're coaching now, you understand, like, the lineup, the rotations are hard to do. That's the hardest part of the game as a coach. Trust and believe. But when you're looking at all the teams, especially in the top 10, top 12, 15, around mm-hmm. that, there were a lot of teams in the top 10 in particular who lost to unranked teams, but then beat a ranked team. And I'm telling you down the line. And it was so difficult because, you know, you have South Carolina, number one, Stanford, mm-hmm. number two, and then you have Ohio State. Those two. Oh, just boom and boom, like done, done, yeah, done. Easy. And then Ohio State, Kevin McGuff, hey man, bravo to you. Undefeated, 16-0 and right now uh, for the Buckeyes. Just an amazing start to the season. So one, two, three. And it's like, okay, easy, peasy, mm-hmm. easy, right? Boom, boom, boom. After that, Gabe, it took me like 45 minutes to do my due diligence with all of the games that were played, lost. Oh, and it was just, you know, if you had beaten, if if those top 10 teams had beaten other ranked teams, or lost to ranked yes. teams, it would have been easier to maneuver through the decision-making process. But for me, I'm like, okay, you lost to an unranked team, but then you beat a team that's ranked higher than you. Right. Oftentimes, <laughs> so like, you easy. lost at home and you won on the road. That's like, right. I don't, right. I guess it was a letdown. I did it, though, but it was not easy. That was the toughest one of the season so far. Yeah. I wonder if this is just kind of like letdown territory because it is kind of, you know, right after the holidays, you're kind of getting back Mm. into emotion. You get Mm. up for one game and you're not able to get up for another. Um, But it has been, it's been super confusing. It's round out your top, I'll round out your top 10 just to to let people know. So you went Notre Dame, Notre Dame at number four, who has not lost since that buzzer beater against Maryland has looked very strong. So that's, that's good. And then UConn at five because apparently UConn's inevitable. Uh, right. no, nothing stops them. They don't need any of their star players to succeed. So good for them. Uh, Indiana at six, which is a team I want to talk to you about. Okay. Uh, LSU at seven and Utah at eight. And I imagine those two teams are adding to your confusion yes. because they look great. They're undefeated. They're kind of killing teams. They are. But – they haven't played and tell it yet. Say that now. Yeah. Now LSU did play Arkansas. Arkansas is a good team, and and so I think we can be fairly confident that LSU is good. And let me know if you agree. We can be fairly confident that LSU is good. Yes. I don't know if they're a top ten team in the country yet because they haven't played anybody yet. And then similarly for Utah, Utah doesn't even have a win of the caliber of of Arkansas at this point, in my opinion. So that's another team that's like. I don't know what to do. Did you have, did you feel the same way? Uh, absolutely. And, you know, when I was saying, you know, the the teams like North Carolina, NC State, you yeah. know, they lost to unranked teams, but then beat a ranked team. Uh, North mm-hmm. Carolina struggling, like you said, 
Um, what do four they have? Losses. You said four. How many? Four straight losses, yeah. Four straight losses for losing one to the so Miami Hurricanes, baby. <laughs> there you I'll go. Leave that I'll leave that alone for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> for your Miami shout out. But hey, you know, Katie Meyer, hey girl, um, head coach there at Miami. But yeah, but it it kind of it maneuvers things when Carolina loses four in a row, right? Mm -hmm. They were in the top ten for a long time. Mm -hmm. They were as high as number six, right? Five, right. five, six yeah. area for for Carolina in the respective Even polls. Gave Ohio State a good game. Exactly. Uh, so you know when you look at that, and even though Utah and LSU haven't played um, teams ranked higher than them yet, mm -hmm. um, LSU South Carolina game I have that circled because I want to see what that looks like in mm -hmm. conference play. But when it comes down to it, it's it's kind of what have you done for me lately? Your success kind of speaks for itself, and I understand yeah. how the rankings work, and it's it's not. For me, anyway, it's not a formula to have to beat people ahead of you to be ranked right. in such places. Uh, and everyone has their own formula. I would like to know what the other voters' formulas are because <laughs> I'm all for new things. Trust and believe. Um, try to figure things out, you know. Uh, but for me, it it was it just made sense because of the way they dominated the teams who they have played so far. And even though it's not teams ranked higher than them, they're they're doing well with the chemistry that they have and what they're presenting at this point. Well, I agree with you placing them at seven and eight because yeah. like, what else are you going to do? They're undefeated. They're good teams, but you look at, and the teams we just described ahead of them are teams we know about. We know, we know right. the baseline of Indiana. Indiana's probably a yeah. 16 team, you know, yeah. even, again, even when right. they lose. Yeah. Again, even when they lose those games that they shouldn't, um, you look at UConn, UConn's going to be there because again, they're UConn and those other teams have just been playing great. Notre Dame, Notre Dame has a lot of good wins in the ACC and right. they, their loss was on a crazy buzzer beater to another ranked team. So it's like, you can't push, you can't push them down past them, but also LSU had at those two teams by not losing have earned the spot against some of these other teams that, you know, have been faltering. And then that brings us to the other, uh, two other really confusing teams, NC state and Virginia tech. <laughs> who are your who round out your top 10? Yeah. Well, and you look at those teams and hey, those are teams we talked about. I, I was all in on Virginia Tech winning the conference this year. Mm -hmm. um, and they look really good. You know, last two games, uh, last two games is they beat Virginia and they uh, beat North Carolina. But yes. before that, they lost to Clemson. Clemson loss. Then how do you factor that in? Okay, so Gabe, if you're a voter, okay, you look at Virginia Tech's body of work. Love Kenny Brooks doing an amazing job down there, obviously. What do you do when you see the two great wins, but then the loss to Clemson and unranked team? I mean, I, I think mean, Virginia, he, I, Virginia is receiving votes. Like they're, they're in the, yeah. you know, right there. Virginia's a good team. Yeah, yeah, Virginia and North Carolina, they're good teams. I mean, North Carolina's obviously, like we said, struggling, but that's a yeah. good team. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think you did it right because what, what are you going to do with Michigan? Because Michigan had. The other team, it, it all, it's all relative when you look at it because you look at UCLA, you look at Iowa State, you look at Michigan, and Iowa, those are teams right behind them, Maryland too. Mm -hmm. They have more losses, and while those, you could say, oh, those are non-conference games, well, like right. conference play just started. It's just such a confusing time to be talking about these, these teams. And for Virginia Tech's case, it's like they are kind of matchup dependent in a certain way just because of how yes. they play through Elizabeth Kitley. So yes. there's just going to be some times where it's like – 
hey, the other team can figure them out. And, and it's not like a, a knock against them because there's going to be other times where the other team cannot figure them out. Like North Carolina is right. going to struggle with Virginia Tech every time they play Absolutely. because of Elizabeth Kittley. Absolutely. Now, I did figure it out last year. But I just think, like, it, it's so difficult um, to place these teams. So I think what you did is completely rational. I, I would say pretty much any of these teams from nine, after the two teams that we talked about, LSU and Utah, from right. nine to like fifteen in your bra- in your uh, top twenty-five, right. I think are interchangeable. You could put them anywhere because yeah. you look at fifteen and hey, yeah, Maryland has three losses, but guess what? They they've been tearing teams up and beating good teams ever since that loss to N- Nebraska. Right. Um, and you look at Iowa; it's like Iowa's top five team, and then they fall off against a couple unranked teams against Illinois. Illinois right? How about Illinois just- with their best start ever? In the history of their program, I believe they're 14 and two, but they beat Iowa. And it's just, I mean, wait till conference play starts. Uh, that's when I think we're really going to see for, for across the board, not just Big Ten, yeah. ACC, but across the board, SEC, all over, Pac 12. It's going to be um, proving ground when conference play begins. And then it'll be uh, less confusing when we get to top 25 voting when we see them uh, battle night in and night out against one another. For sure. I do have to briefly watch a video because I did not see this before, but Shauna, it says the video is entitled Shauna Green celebrates big win with a gritty. Oh my God. It was so good. Hey, Shauna. I have not seen this. It's excellent. Wait, can you look at it right now? Because it's hilarious. She got it. Oh, she hit it. Oh, she hit it. Oh, she rocked the baby. She put it to sleep. She put it to sleep. She rocked it and went to bed, honey. Oh, yeah. It was perfect. Wow. Like that was, I thought Kevin McGuff's gritty last year was pretty good, but I think we might have to do a, a coach's gritty, uh, a gritty poll <laughs> because hers was magnificent. She was fantastic. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think we get Don Staley into the gritty. I'm trying to think. Oh, she, I'm sure who's she's. A, who's she's done a lot of other TikToks. Dawn is like killing the TikTok game right now. She's. I that's what I call her the Beyonce of uh, women's basketball right now. Dawn Staley. She, she just has so much class. The gritty, the gritty. I just feel like the gritty's not not her, not her deal. But if she wanted to, that'd be great. I'm just trying to think of the highest ranked coach. Oh, it's Kevin McGuff. It has to. Be. <laughs> we have Kevin, to pull up. Kevin, we should do a side by side of Kevin's gritty. Shauna's. I. You know I. Hey, maybe I'll and have people maybe. vote. We should put that up on Twitter and which one. Yeah, I, just, I'm, I may do that for overly creative. because I, I was really a big fan of that Shauna Green gritty, but good for Illinois. And that's, a, that's yes. another team who's who's extremely confusing because you look at this team. All right. So now we have they have a win against Iowa. Right. They have not. Um, they've had they have one loss in the Big Ten, uh, but they're, they're really doing well in the Big Ten. Their loss in the Big Ten was at Indiana by four points. Right. However, right. Mm-hmm. they lose at home to Delaware. Yeah. And Atlanta Deladon's not there anymore. Well, um, And not to say that Delaware's a bad team, but that's not a team that, you know, you want to be losing to. It's a bye game. So you have to win those. So it, it's and, a confusing well, team there too. And and Sarah Jenkins is the head coach at Delaware. And that's my girl. Who <laughs> Hey, Sarah. That's a good win there for them. But, but anyway, okay, go hey, ahead. CAA powerhouse. No, my but girl. it's just like, they, I, it, I, it goes back to the point of like, well, I mean, I did you rank Illinois? No, I did. It's hard to. It's hard. I did not. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I need. I need more like leverage once conference play Mm -hmm. begins for all those teams who have upset these ranked teams in top (laughs) ten. But that doesn't. 
Like that doesn't take you from, uh, you know, and I'm just guessing here, that doesn't take you from <coughs> in the 50 to 75 mm. range ranking yeah. to top 15 because of one win. Like you have to prove yourself. That's what I'm saying. The proving ground happens when conference play begins and when you're in the thick of it, like 10 games into conference play. That's when we're going to see the proof in the pudding. That's when we're going to see if teams are for real, right? And not just, hey, they got that one good win, which is great, a fantastic win. But now can you sustain that? Now can you make some noise in the conference and and really do what you set out to do in October, right? Which was Mm -hmm. to be playing your best basketball at this juncture. When you are getting into February, that's what I'm saying, 10 games in. Like in February, you want to really be riding some strong momentum at that point. So for me, like a team like Illinois, boy, if they're still crushing it through halfway through conference play, then you're going to see them in the top 25. And it can't just yeah. be one or two wins here against some ranked teams. It's got to be sustained. And that's no shade. That's across. That's and again, that's my formula. Other people may have their own, yeah. you know, situations uh, with how they come to their choices. But for me. That's what it is. Like sustainability. Consistency is the biggest challenge for coaches, players. I don't care. Everybody mm-hmm. in, in daily life. Like, can you be consistent with what you do well and what you're passionate about? That's the real challenge of it all. So uh, conference play brings that out of you. I might have to clip that for my players. Uh, <laughs> but also, so here's the, here's the, only, the only thing. Like, it also depends on what the rest of the top 25 does. Because if the rest of the top 25 – if the bottom half of the top 25 continues to lose games, I mean, you just saw UCLA lose to Oregon State. That's not bad. Again, Oregon State's not a bad team. No. But it's, it's a loss to an M-ranked team. Uh, you have Creighton going down. St. John's just lost uh, to Seton Hall, I believe. Um, yes. Yeah, I think Kansas has been uh, – did they lose yet? I don't know if Kansas lost yet. Then Duke almost loses to Wake. Yeah, you just have a bunch of moving parts that – Hey, yeah, may, maybe someone sneaks in. Like, you know, maybe Florida State gets in. Illinois is the 26th team right now. So if Illinois doesn't stumble this week, which I, I don't even know if they, yeah, they may be in. Florida State right. may be in. Arkansas may get back in. You know, it's like right. it's just going to be topsy turvy for a long time. And let me tell you, let me tell you one, let me tell you one team that we have to come back, we have to revisit Texas. So Texas, really rough. Really rough non-conference schedule, right? They got yeah. killed. They did not look good. They didn't look competitive, but mm-hmm. they haven't played. They haven't played too many people yet, right? But they have. They're on an eight-game win streak with an average win to a margin of thirty-seven. Well, they're healthy. They're healthy they're now. Healthy. That makes so, a big difference. I mean, I'm telling you. And then Tennessee, like Tennessee, yes. is kind of right. What was wrong at the beginning of of the season for them right now as well. And and Kelly Harper is getting them redirected and, and back on track. I mean, they started the season ranked number four. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were up there in the top yeah. five. So, and then they had some losses, but they weren't healthy. Right. So now these, both those teams are are gaining their momentum back because they have people back in their lineups. Well, and, they and, those two, and when you look at our, our her hoop stats rankings, which take into mm-hmm. account uh, strength schedule and strength of win, all that yeah. kind of jazz, like Tennessee, Right now is what are they? They're eleventh mm. in HHS rating, and wow. that's ridiculous because they have six losses. Right, like no no one else in the top twenty five of HHS ratings has more than well, I guess Louisville. 
Yeah, you have, you have a few teams here that are Louisville, Iowa, and Texas all have four more losses oh, in Tennessee, man. but are oh. in the top 25 of HHS ratings because their schedule is so hard and because right. they're beating the teams that they have to beat, man. And it's yeah. like, you look at all four of those teams. We could be talking about them kind of back at where they were at, we're at least closer to where they were at in the beginning of the season. And right. if they get going now in February, it goes back to your point. You want to be playing your good ball now. That part. Everything that part. before New Year's is great. Everything after New Year's matters a whole heck of a lot more. Absolutely. Momentum. I'm telling you, we've seen it when the NCAA has the selection committee sit in the room. Which mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm not in that room because <laughs> I was in my room for the AP voting. And that was only 25 teams. So kudos to the yes. you know NCAA selection committee. Okay. Um, but with that, I mean, there are so many things that go into it. But I know momentum and trends, like either way, right? Whether mm-hmm. you're trending this way or not, uh, those go into how they factor into where teams go, what seedings they earn. So, yeah, you want to be playing your best basketball at that point, but you also want to be um, healthy, right? And that's what we were talking right. about with Texas and Tennessee, and, and obviously it's an, a non-controllable factor, but you want to be, you know, hopefully knock on any wood that you see, and hopefully you want to um, be healthy but be able to sustain what the personality of your team is. And hopefully by then you've defined what the personality of your team is and the expectations of the roles, on the mm-hmm. team because you want to be a machine at that point. You want to be able to count on and trust what each player is going to bring, um, whether they be starters or off the bench, whether they're finishers, right? Everyone talks so much about the starters. Who are the finishers that you have on your team? That's the difference. How do you come into February um, with those roles defined, with those roles being consistent, having your health? Um, those are all factors that um, will be key pieces for, for each team across the board for sure. Yeah, and it's um, it's getting to that time, like you're saying. It's getting to that time. We're going to really find out. And uh, just to add some more confusion, uh, number 10, NC Great. State lost last night. Is uh, that at home? Here we go. Was that man. at home? Did they? Oh, my God. They lost. Which one Reynolds. did you say? At, Who did you say, Hank? NC State. Oh, lost yeah. in Reynolds to Boston College. Uh, and, and, hey, Boston College is actually playing some pretty good basketball. They're hooping. But they're hooping, but yeah. – you know, if you're you want a challenge for a title, I, I think I'm going to cut it. I mean, look, and, and this kind of segues into the next topic I, I want to get into. Um, there's one, there's one team, two teams in this, in this, uh, in this sport that we can really trust, right? Like, it, it, like, gun, not betting, not betting was, but like, yeah, I have to pick a team to save my life to win a game. The two yeah. teams are picking from our South Carolina and Stanford, and obviously South Carolina's a close one. Yeah. Because you look at every time, South Carolina just goes out, they do the same thing every game. They are, to your point, the most consistent team in, forget women's college basketball. Let's go. For, forget college basketball. Let's go. I can't speak that much to Europe right now because I haven't had time to watch. <laughs> but at least on American soil, I can confidently say they have been the most consistent team over the past two, maybe even three years uh, in terms of coming in every single night and doing what they should do. And that's a huge credit to Don Staley. It's a huge credit to Leo Boss, a huge credit to everyone on that team for understanding what they're supposed to do. Absolutely. So we know South Carolina, uh, 
be shocked if they're not in the national championship game. Shocked, literally jaw dropped if they're not in the national championship game. Same. Stanford, I won't be quite as shocked because I said that same thing last year and they just, you know, completely went out and played uh, poorly against UConn in the Final Four. Yeah. yeah. So that leaves me with three teams in our kind of top tier that question. Okay. Uh, UConn, Ohio State, Notre Dame. So we kind of, we, we brushed on these teams. Yeah, we did. Which one of those teams do you think you trust more as a as a challenger for the title? Man, sixteen and zero right now for Ohio State. I, and it's the way it's pretty hard to argue. It's hard to argue that. And I, I, you know, I don't know what the her hoop stats defensive numbers say about Ohio State's sustainability oh. of excellence so far, unblemished record. I hey, I'm going with a defensive juggernaut. You know, they fly around in their 2-2-1. I remember at media day and, and talking to Kevin McGuff and talking to the players and, you know, how they just said, you know, it's hard to scout what we do defensively because mm-hmm. we're just flying around and we have each other's backs. And, you know, watching film, you want to have a rhyme or reason. Like, okay, they do this, that, and then they do this. But if you it's like this, if it's, but if they're scrambling and running, there are no rules and they're just there for each other, that makes it tough to scout. That makes it tough to compete against because they just know they've got each other. Like, they just know. Taylor Mikesell said, hey, to be honest, we just fly around and we rotate to where the ball is. And somehow it just works out for us to turn teams Mm -hmm. over. And I just, I mean, I love that. You know, you have to have a want to to do, uh, to play defense like that, to play that way, like, and I'm not even going to talk about their offensive prowess because they're uh, through the roof in terms of being consistent um, with their offense. But I, I mean, even with JC Sheldon out with injury here and there, yeah. and they still have been able to sustain their level of um, intensity and tenacity on the defensive end. And I think that makes a huge difference when you're talking about a possible championship team. Can you put points on the board? All the teams can put points on the board, but Gabe, who can get stops? I always say it. Everybody always says, oh, go get me a bucket. And you know, as a coach, you want to say, go get me a stop. Go, go get, get me the a ball. Board. Go get the ball. Rotate go get the ball. the ball. Like, the full rotation. Like, you have to be fully committed as a defensive player to, to earn my respect, right, as as someone who's watching. And and I'm not yeah. cheering for either team. I'm, I'm looking, right? Oh, I'm gonna, you've got my respect. If you're fully rotation – uh, in your defensive schemes, whether it be full court, half court, whether you're trapping, run jumping, whatever it is, I want to see you be a dog on defense. I don't care if you score 20 points or zero points. Yeah. Get me, a, get me a stop. Our team needs to stop this other team. Be disruptive and fight. And so, I mean, clearly I miss coaching because I have this. <laughs> I, I hear my, I hear myself. Oh, I heard it. I hear myself a little, but, um, but that's that's who I trust on the court. So Ohio state, I trust in them because of that. And all of them are, have the dog mentality on defense. So I'll take them 10 times out of 10. So, so I agree with that. I think uh, defense is about want to, and they absolutely want to. And it is fun. Like when you can, I think defense offense is about trust and defense is about want to, but defense also relies on a lot of communication for that, for that style to work. That's sort of, you know, uh, just running around right. style. Because most, yeah. like most, most presses, you, you had a ton of presses. Christy had like right. uh, 14 different presses. Um, right. But 
in a normal press, you have the rules, right? And 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 mm-hmm. for and when you have that, it makes it a puzzle. So then for the offense, it's just about saying, okay, where's the puzzle? Hey, if they're here, you're here, here, you throw the diagonal pass. Here you go to the middle. Here you go. It makes it much easier. When it's just running around, it makes it much harder, but it also makes it much harder for the defense. You have to communicate. You have to say, hey, I'm going there. Uh, you're going there. You have to be listening. You have to be on one. And, and that's all goes back to attitude, want to, and coaching. And I think that's a huge, uh, huge uh, credit to Coach McGuff and the coaching yeah. staff there for, for just instilling that attitude and, and trust in the defense. That's why they're fourth right now in turnovers per game. Um, they're actually a little lower in her hoop stats defensive rating than I thought. They're 18th okay. in the country. Okay. Uh, 12th in the country in offensive rating, 12th overall in her hoop stats rating. So okay. I want I, there I do have a slight argument okay. uh, against against Ohio State. All right. Just because so the their wins, their big wins are against Tennessee, Louisville early in the season. Right. Um, and then they haven't played that many teams are ranked or, or in the conversation of, of being strong teams. Now they beat the teams they're supposed to. They didn't lose to Michigan State. Other teams have lost to Michigan State. Right. Um, you know, they didn't lose to Michigan. They handled that. They they went to overtime in a neutral site game against South South Florida and won the game. So right. yeah, hey, they went to overtime. But South Florida, those are tough cookies down there. So yeah. get it just winning that game's a big deal. However, hasn't doesn't have quite the impressive resume that you look and say, oh, you know, hey, Notre Dame would beat this team. You can't beat this team. South Carolina, right. Stanford, they beat they beat each other. <laughs> South Carolina beat Stanford. So right. you, you look at the resume, it's not quite as strong. So that's my that'd be my only argument. We're gonna we're gonna have to find out a little bit more here uh, about Ohio State. They have Illinois, Nebraska, Northwestern, and Iowa, then Indiana comes to town at the end of January. That's when we're gonna find out a lot more about this team. Mm-hmm. Um so I think my answer I'm just going to be different because I want to be different. Um, <laughs> somehow, and I hate this for myself because I, you know, the UConn, UConn people thought I hated their team for a while. Uh, what? So now I'm just like, go, I was going to go full into being a UConn heel uh, and then wait for the Final Four to, <laughs> to, to turn face and say I'm I'm a huge UConn fan. I always have been. And I've just been reverse jinxing yeah. But now I can't do that because – I just believe in this team, man. They haven't had AZ FUD. They haven't Caroline Ducharme goes down. Nika Mule goes down. You know, yeah. no one's playing. And it's just they just keep Gio Noire Emma's out. I Their know. coach is out. Sending prayers to Gio. I yeah. hope he's good. I know he lost his mom and I know that's really difficult. And whatever he's going through, hopefully he'll be all right. Well, and what trust he has, you know, in his coaching yeah. staff, right? To, oh, yeah. To say, hey. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what that's a be- that's a wonderful thing for him, right? It's like he can mm-hmm. say, "Hey, I need to go do what I need to do," which is right. which all coaches should feel comfortable doing. But I feel like a lot of them wouldn't, and he does, and that's a credit to him. Yeah. And this team just keeps going. Killed yeah. the, t- killed Xavier last night. Just steady. Yeah. You know, when was the last time they lost? I don't even know when the last time they lost was. Let me. Uh, I'll tell you in a sec. Um, didn't Edwards go down in the in the first half with the ankle? She didn't play in the second half, and they still won the way they did last night. Oh, did she? I didn't she even, did. I didn't Left even, ankle. I saw the beginning of the game, and I was like, "Oh, it's over." Uh, yeah. No, she didn't even play in the second half. And they have they uh, they host Georgetown on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. No, I, they only a set. They they finish the game with seven available players. Wow. So yeah, Edwards is okay. Yeah, she but she didn't come back. But it, they were you know like you said it was an early command of the game that they had so. 
I think even if she could come back, um, it was good for her not to, you know, you roll that ankle like, and it's like, that's, but they beat good. good teams. Like that, they, they lost it. They lost to Maryland, and that was their first game with like seven people. I think that was their first game. Did yeah. Daisy, Daisy get hurt in that game, or did she? She I got hurt she right before that, like right. like okay. um, Monday, Tuesday, and then I think that game was like a Sunday. But she got hurt right the week right before that Maryland mm-hmm. game. December eleventh was the Maryland UConn game. Yeah. So so they they're just continuing to. I mean, they do have tougher schedule. They have a tougher schedule now. I mean, I would say they they have to they have DePaul coming in. Paul yeah. obviously with Nisamara is just one of those teams yeah. that can get electric. Press is press is going to be tough. Yes, press is going to be tough when you're down people because you practice your your press break with all those people. At St. Yeah. John's, the Johnnies they did lose their first game of the year, like I mentioned, but really yeah. good team. Tough Georgetown, team. Georgetown here they have a pretty good uh, uh, power forward uh, yeah. sophomore. Somebody told me that number fifteen was pretty good. <laughs> And George, and that's gonna, and and they'll be, and everyone's gonna be up for UConn too. So at Georgetown and at St. Hall, tough, tough, tough schedule for them. So we're gonna find out a little bit more about them. But just for me, it's yeah. just like I keep, you know, at the beginning of the year, I was like, I have injury concerns, I have point guard concerns about UConn, yeah. and it's like those things have come to roost, and this team is still just beating everyone on the schedule, and and they do, they have to go to Tennessee, and they have to play mm-hmm. South Carolina later in the year, so they'll have okay. some more tests. Right. But hopefully they're more healthy by then, and hopefully uh, Coach yeah. Coach Ariyama can come back because I, I just think this team's going to be there. I think this team's going to be in the final four. Yeah, I, I think you know, and and again, it's it's kind of like what I was saying before. Just the philosophy is is in place. Mm-hmm. The expectations are set. All right. The the roles are set, regardless mm-hmm. of injuries, regardless yes. of who's coaching. Like they know it's like a well-oiled machine. Like Chris mm-hmm. Daly's undefeated. What is she? Sixteen and zero as a stand-in over these years um, for Gino. I mean, totally capable without question. Uh, CD is is an amazing coach and person. Hey, CD. Um, But I just think for for the trust factor, I think they all trust one another to know what the expectations are and the philosophies and the roles. Like, everyone has to know. It's not just the coach who needs to have that understanding. And I think for UConn, all of them understand what it takes, you know, down bodies doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Seven kids doesn't matter. Like you have to come out and, and perform and, and play to the expectations that were set forth on the scouting report and, and work it right. It's like no excuses allowed go and work, um, you know, and, and have, have trust and, and faith in that. Yeah. I mean, and it's also really, I mean, it's, it's really cool to see coach daily, I mean, because yeah. she's she's definitely had coaching head coaching offers. I'm sure she's had more sure. than we could possibly count, or maybe they've just stopped asking at this point um, <laughs> because she's been there for so long and, and it's just so comfortable yeah. in that role. That, Absolutely. Look, I mean, what what a, what a luxury to have a, a head coach, another head coach, another probably really good head coach if we had to guess on your roster behind yep. one of, if not the greatest, uh, women's college basketball coaches ever. No question. Basketball coaches, we could just say basketball coaches, right? Um, no. Because, I mean, that that is that is really just a boon for them, and they're they're going to continue being good. You want to talk about Notre Dame really quick because we didn't mention them, and they're they're in that little group of three. They are. I think Notre Dame's a little bit more confusing. They're just a little younger. How right? so? Oh, younger. Okay. Younger. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, they did beat Virginia Tech. They beat UConn, and they mm-hmm. lost Notre Dame. I mean, they lost to uh, Maryland. Those are kind of their three big games. Yes. Um, 
I just think that for them, uh, they they need to learn how to win their conf- the conference regular season. Um, hmm. they, they need to figure out how to do that first. Because that's the first okay. step. You look at you look at the teams we just talked about. You obviously UConn's done it year in year out. Uh, right. You look at Ohio State. Ohio State won it last year, so that's why we're expecting them to take that next step. But your conference regular season is a bear. It's yeah, it a bear, and yeah. I, I think you know I, I want to see them really not dominate because you're not going to dominate. You're going to lose. You're going to lose in conference, obviously. But I want to see them, you know, comfortably win. I'm going to see what they finished last year in the conference because they were, yeah, they were uh, 13 and five in conference. All right. If they, if they went 13 and five in conference this year, I don't think I'd be comfortable saying they're going to be a Final Four team. If they do what, you know, let's say NC State Louisville did, they were 17 mm-hmm. and one, 16 and two respectively. Then, uh, okay. then I'll feel more comfortable when we go into the tournament. But I need to see it from Notre Dame first, just because yeah. they're a little younger than those other two teams. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think, you know, that Maryland loss was a buzzer beater uh, by the Terps. But I think when you look at um, the North Carolina victory, mm-hmm. right, I thought that was a pretty commanding win. Um, and that was a number five against a number six game um, when it happened. I was on that game, so I saw it uh, in person. Um, it was just interesting to me how, like you said, how young this team is. But they're also very determined. I remember talking to uh, Lauren Ebo at the shoot around and, and she just said, we don't care who scores. Mm-hmm. We just want to win. Um, it's a selfless environment for us here at Notre Dame. And we just want to come out and compete. So when you have that kind of organic competitive mindset I mean, great things happen for you. And I know, you know, they had those other great wins, but I just think for, for what they want to accomplish Moving forward, um, and Neil Ivy, I mean, as your head coach, I mean, she is um, commanding respect as a head coach. Obviously, went off to the NBA for a minute and then came yeah. back and, and is leading this team in a, in a fantastic way. So, I mean, when you watch them, like when I watch them practice and just the way that everything is organized, the way that, mm-hmm. again, they have the understanding and trust, um, but they also have this this underbelly of this competitive fire or this wave of, you know, competitiveness that, that comes through and you see it with Olivia miles. I don't care how old she is. Right. I mean, it's not anything to me. Age is just a number of whatever. This kid is wise beyond her years in terms of the game, but also she possesses this moxie Gabe, and you've seen it. Like she's so confident in the work that she's put into her craft that it comes out not just in her game, but in the team's game because she's their point guard, right? So they've taken on her personality too. Yes. And Neil yes. Ivy was a point guard. So it's like, it's it's trickling through the program in terms of, of that kind of communication, that kind of leadership, but also that confidence. I mean, that the confidence piece, we don't talk about that enough in the game. I mean, the confidence piece is major, right? If you, if you have any self-doubt and that comes out as a leader, mm-hmm whether it be a coach or a point guard, because those are the two things that, that really drive the team. Those are the two people mm. who drive the team in terms of attitude. Um, you know, that's that's a big deal when you have someone like Neil Ivey and you have someone like Olivia Miles as the two in those seats. That, that uh, I think the term for the kids would be they have that dog in them. Uh, they have the dog this in team. them. 
Yeah, he's got the dog. I mean, because you're right. It goes from, it, you know, Neil, <laughs> Olivia Miles, when she talks, sounds a lot like Neil Ivy when she talks. And exactly. that's like, you know, you see that in South Carolina, that a lot of the South Carolina players sound like Don Staley when they talk. That means it's, yeah. it, the message is getting through and getting through to everyone. But sure. it is a, t- it's a team of dogs. I mean, Maddie Westfeld's a dog. They have a Mabry. A Mabry's always going to be a dog. Uh, Sonia Citrone is is just a fantastic player. Just like- really, really special. And then you have Lauren Ebo. I think Lauren Ebo has made a huge difference for them. Not only in terms of the attitude, but just in terms of putting people in the right positions when they need a center, like she did in that Virginia Tech game. You know, it it makes things a lot easier when you have a real center um, who's willing to do the dirty work and and willing to post up and wanting to post up. Because not a lot of centers want to post up anymore. Like you want to get in there. You want to bang around, right? And it's like, that's... That's your body. It's, it's it's really, it's an interesting mix. I'm excited to see where they go. But again, you know, I got to see more. But yeah, this team absolutely has the dog yeah. in them. And I think Neil Ivey, um, you know, did she what she's done there to bring this team back to the top yeah. of women's college basketball has been yeah. really impressive. So good on the program. Good on her. Yeah. Uh, even though I, I don't like Notre Dame. But that's mainly their football team. I have no problem with Notre Dame oh. outside of the football field. Right, we're not talking but, football. It's pretty good. <laughs> no, no, he's in a little bit. No, a little bit as a Miami fan. Miami almost got him too, though. Miami, Miami yeah. the Canes. I don't think we, we stopped hearing about the Canes this year, folks. I'll yeah. tell you. I agree. But you were talking about. What was I talking about? No, you said you. No, say say it. Say it. You said. Oh, I just Miami. think we're going to be uh, Miami. We uh, They looked uh, kind of the same as last year, and then they went to the ACC championship game. And. Uh, Wanted get one a game in a tournament, gave South Carolina a run for their money. So just yeah. saying, I hear, yeah. I hear a little bit more about the Kings, especially Maybe on this podcast. True indeed. <laughs> hey, but listen, you were talking about, you know, how people say, you know, they got the dog in them or whatever like that. Yeah. Now, I just want to just briefly examine what exactly that is because, you know, you can say that, but are you a poodle or are you a Doberman? <laughs> like for me, you you need to go ahead and narrow that down. Are you a dog? All right, but what kind of dog? Like, yeah. what kind of dog are you? Like, and I think when when teams get into conference season, that's where we're gonna see who the poodles are <laughs> and who the Doberman Pinchers are, or whatever the most uh, I don't know the most the, attacking. Okay, just your intermittent shepherd, I guess. I don't know. So sure. any dog can be mean. If you're... No, yeah, but the like uh, dogs. Who are the like you, aggressive? Who has cur- like, who has cur- courage? The cowardly dog in them. Uh, for my car- my Cartoon Network folks, you guys may remember that. Who has courage to carry the dog in them, and who has you know a kennel full of uh of uh Dobermans or German Shepherds or yeah. do- dogs ready to protect, dogs yeah. ready ready to get after it. Um, say, that. say that. Let's let's say, make sure when you're saying you got the dog and you make sure you specify what breed. Courage. Thank you. Okay, now you can continue this. Courage to carry. Actually, we do it. That's a that's a meme we throw me and my friends throw around. <laughs> we say someone has that dog in them. Um, all right, I wanted to talk one thing before we do. I do want to just like give a little WNBA free agency primer. Yeah, uh, if you want run. more WNBA free agency stuff, actually, yeah. you should go check out um, the mock free agency podcast that came out last week or two uh, weeks ago. I don't remember. Yeah, it was right before like, Christmas came out. Christmas time. Yeah, right around there. Yeah, we'll repromote it on the on the Twitter account. So make sure you're following there. But that, that was super fun. That'll give you a really good view of what should happen in the offseason, which yeah. is beginning soon. They moved back the date for us, which is nice. Um, which is great. Yeah. Three games, though. I want you to tell me which one. Um, what you think? No. I'm not sure you have any of these. 
Do you have Iowa, Michigan? I do not. Okay. I have I have Rutgers, Nebraska coming up. Oh. And then next Nebraska. week I do have I do have um Iowa, Indiana coming up. Okay. All right. That's Iowa, Indiana. Be... That's just gonna be a wait, when is that? Oh, that, that uh, is in a couple weeks. Yeah. That's not next week, that's the following week. Right? Is that right? No, it's next week, isn't it? Oh the following week. That not... I don't have, I don't have it on the list, Christy. It's on there somewhere. Look at it, Gabe. You have all the technology. So they play. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Wait, what? no, no. Do you have? Wait, you have Maryland, Indiana. Yes. Oh, okay. Then yes, that is on my list. Perfect. That is okay. Right. That's coming up in the short calendar. Yes. I don't have it in front so, of me either. The three games I got: are Iowa at Michigan, four thirty, uh, Fox on Saturday. Okay. I have number eleven Iowa State at number seventeen Oklahoma. 3 p.m. ESPN uh, 2 on Sunday. So Saturday, oh. Sunday. And then we go all the way to Thursday, which you get the Christie's game. That's yeah. Maryland at Indiana. Is that the one? So yes. that's BTN. Okay. BTN yeah, yes. 30 p.m. Yes. So that is me. So then let's talk about that Maryland Indiana game. Okay. Uh, do you, how? I'm not going to ask if Maryland has a chance. Obviously, they have a chance. How do you think? How does Maryland win that game? In Indiana, I think you know what Maryland looked like. I just had them at Rutgers this past mm -hmm. weekend, and the difference between Maryland this year and last year is that they're applying more defensive pressure, okay. and, and not just in the quarter court, but in the full court. They're running a lot of different presses, um, containment type presses, two two one one two two um, type thing, where they're not necessarily looking uh, to trap every time. But mm -hmm. when it can happen, they're organically going and, and taking away things um, with two people on the ball. But what I like most about what Maryland has presented on the defensive side is the way that they are um, together in it, right? And the quarter court, they don't have a lot of size inside. Um, Diamond Miller uh, didn't really shoot the ball well in the first half against Rutgers, but she was able to come alive in the second half um, back at home in Jersey there for her. <coughs> But I just think mm -hmm. the way that they have um, created the, this leadership piece with Miller and, and Faith Masonis, you know, the players who are um, key cogs to the, to the program right mm -hmm. now. And then Cheyenne Sellers. I mean, her numbers, like we were examining her numbers from freshman year to sophomore year and everything like within like a minute difference in terms of the time she's getting on court, 26, 27 minutes a game. Her mm -hmm. numbers are like... I mean, exponentially improved across the board, percentage-wise, yeah. point production-wise. I think it's like seven more points a game, you know, and I think that's the biggest difference in her uh, performance and her skill set this year is that she's not just the defensive juggernaut kid. She's not just the defensive stopper. Um, she's still bringing the defense. Yeah. Trust she's believe. still a dog. She's, she's still, a dog. still, and not a poodle either. Yeah, Ooh. German Shepherds have Cheyenne Sellers in them. That's what we're hired. <laughs> that's what we are. That's what we're looking for all up in here. Okay. Uh, but for Cheyenne, like her scoring ability this year has been a really huge plus for Maryland. So I think if they can have all of their pieces clicking at one time offensively, no lulls for Diamond Miller offensively, mm -hmm. uh, Cheyenne Sellers going out and being her true self, Faith Masson is bringing her leadership. But Abby Myers, she can flat out get a bucket 40% from three. She can flat out stick it. And you know that she's going to make those shots. 
but she's still able to knock them down. Um, you know, she was getting some clean looks. I just think that she's um, she's been a key component and X factor for Maryland on both ends. But I think, mm-hmm. obviously, offensively to stretch the floor. I think she's a Katie Benson 2.0 <laughs> when it comes to her ability to knock in shots consistently. Much bigger. But Katie I think Benson, against uh, – I mean, she's a toughie. Um, but I think with – with um with Indiana with Grace Berger being out um and injured. So is she, Grace Berger they, gonna be out for that game? I am not sure. She they okay. when I had their game early on this season, they were saying um day to day with mm-hmm. her injury uh to her knee that she injured in um at the Thanksgiving in the, tournament they were yeah, in. Thanksgiving. In, in Las Vegas. Vegas may, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was the one that was a Vegas invitational. Yeah, the they back, were out the there. Back one. Uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, right. But she, you know, they said it's day to day, so it's hard to to say if she does come back, if she, what kind of condition she's going to be in. And I'm not, I have no insider information on when she's back or when she's not. No. Um, I'm just factoring in, like, when you've been out that long, in the middle of the season, chemistry has developed outside of you being on the floor. And that's always hard. And you'll see, you probably already know this as a coach, that that's hard to break that or to break players back in, right? And when they've missed a significant amount of time, now you got to break them back into this chemistry that's developed over the last several weeks. I mean, that's hard to do. That's hard to do. I'm speaking from experience. Tough, tough to do. And And you know they want to play, right? But you don't want it to be at the detriment of the – the integrity of the chemistry that's been developed, right? It's tough, tough. Choice. When you want to bring them back either in a bad situation, it's like, okay, sure. hey, it, maybe it, it depends how much he's practicing all this stuff, right? But yeah. they're going to have, they have at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be t- you don't necessarily want to bring someone back, you know, cold off an injury to a road game. They don't want right. to necessarily bring them back to a big game at home against a ranked team. When you have... Wisconsin coming up next. That might be the that might be the target date on the fifteenth for her, yeah. um, especially because you know, hey, some of the team, some of the team will probably be tired against a Maryland team, so might be a good chance to work her in a little bit more against Wisconsin. So may, maybe no Grace Berger, um, right. probably no Grace Berger based on maybe. based on us reading the tea leaves. No Grace Berger, but still, maybe. be a really good matchup. Be a really really be, good matchup. Always, another, two good, good teams. Two tough, you know, this season. Two yeah. tough, you know fighting scrappy teams on the defensive side for sure well and diamond miller continues to improve too you know i, I think she struggled a little earlier in the year but now she's just she continued to get better on both sides of the ball and yep. as a leader um that part. really really impressed with her and then yeah. you know i had her three on the draft board so it's not like she can go up that much uh but she she could go up to number two she's not going to be number one uh, but she could go up to number two so maybe that yep. happens um i know it's happened to some people some some draft people already uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see. But I'm I'm ex- really excited for that one. Now that I know you're on it, I'm even more excited. Did I get to see this one? Yeah. It's a. I mean, wait. Do we have? Ooh, I don't know. I, have, I think I'm gonna have a game. So I will watch that on tape delay. That uh, and then we have to Is go hang what? out the Wizards game. I have to watch that one on tape delay. I think we play some one on oh, that tape Thursday. Delay. No. Yes, yes, yes. I have some Wizards games sprinkled in. Have the OKC studio stuff tonight. Oh yeah. So we got to catch up, you know, we have to do our, we have a hundred show coming up next week. Yes, we do. We do. do we, so we, we got, have to talk about that. Have we'll we have to hang it? out more. We get to hang out at the Capital One Center, which is, which is great. Christy and I, we're, 
we may get in trouble at some point for being too excited in the press box. We We're excited. not rooting for anyone. No. Well, but it's I'm not rooting for anyone. <laughs> Wait, are you insinuating that I'm a cheerleader uh, game? Cheerleader. <laughs> You're a, 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 I, media, a media coach. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fine. I'll take that. I'll take That's that. the other thing. We like we, we like to yell at, uh, not yell at, but say what the professional athletes should be doing from the press box. It's very fun. That's what we do. It's Co- it's coaching from the press box. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I do want to just briefly touch on WNBA free agency, just in case some stuff happens. Last year we had some stuff happen beforehand, so I just wanted to get out ahead of uh, just some of the big biggest names that are on the move. Um, yeah. You know, we have Brianna Stewart obviously at the top, and. I don't know what's going to happen because it feels like she's going to have to be the first domino, but she also has this, these prioritization um, yes. concerns and same Courtney Vandersloot, another under restricted free agency has those same concerns. Uh, so it's going to be interesting if, you know, she uses her free agency to kind of push the league's hand or change right. something, or if she signs later. So it's like, you know, in a normal free agency period, you would mm-hmm. say, well, Brianna Stewart's going to go first and everything else is going to follow. Like Candace Parker did a couple of years ago. Candace Parker she went sure to Chicago. Did. And everything else kind of moved around her. And Justin Gray go to Las Vegas. NECA went home. I mean, stayed in, in, in Los Angeles. So this year, we have a similar sort of deal with Brianna Stewart making her decision, but it might be weird. Then we have, you know, players like Candace Parker out there, NECA Gumakes, a free agent. Um, yeah. Tina Charles, Emma Mieseman, Tierra McCowan's a restricted free agent. That's going to be really interesting. Wow. And Brianna yeah. Jones is another restricted free agent. Really interesting. Yeah. Uh, we do know where one free agent is going, though. Brittany Griner is a free agent, and she's already said, I'm coming back to Phoenix. So I love it. Oh, love my it. God. BG's Makes you so happy. Ooh, I can't even tell you. I'm so happy for her and yeah. and everyone who's who was praying for her and her situation for 10 months. Lord have mercy. But she's back. Well, and you know go she's going to she's gonna be excited to play. She's going to be... It's going to be scary. I mean, <laughs> she's been close to the MVP Every year she's yeah, played time. every each yeah. of the last five years. Um, yeah. So I would be surprised if she's not there, but you know, who knows what, what she's, how she's feeling, but she's, uh, she's absolutely yeah. just very yeah. happy to have her back in general. Yeah. But so she's locked up. That's the only people, that's the only restricted, that's the only free agent that we know is going uh, back is Brittany Griner. Right. She's already said she's going back to, to Phoenix. So that's back. awesome. Yeah. yeah. But we got, there's a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, I mean, Di- well, good. Diane Frost is also a free agent, just for the record. Right, we know she, we, we know she's going back to Phoenix for the most part. I, I, I would hope, but I mean, I mean, she is from LA, so <laughs> she. Would. I don't have to speculate, and I again, no insider information, just being speculative as always. And oh yeah, it just it just piques my curiosity sometimes. I mean, to see what I did not think that Candace Parker was going to leave and go to Chicago. Yeah, I did, it. but but wow, she did it, and look what happened. I, you know, and I love Candace. And you know, it's just everyone can prognosticate and think what players may or may not do. That's why we're here, right? To talk about it and think about it and to set some thoughts into into the minds of fans. But at the same time, you know, I was like, wow, you know, Candace is in LA, like she's gonna stay. And then she was like, Bap, I'm going to Chicago. I was like, what? So who knows with Diana Taurasi? Who knows like with with any of these players, with Brianna Stewart, like who knows what their final answers are going to be when it comes time to uh, making their choices. I mean, free agency yeah. is what it is free agency. So you get to, 
to, you know, play your cards. I'm going to throw out two unsubstantiated rumors uh, as my camera goes out of focus. So it, this is, I guess it's supposed to be mysterious. I can still see you. Uh, but oh, I'm like, so I don't know. That's a good thing. Okay, but go I, I will never go to the eye doctor, just for the record. I'm going to put that. <laughs> I, don't, I can't do contacts. I'll take glasses. But I can't deal with the people right. touching my eyes and all. Just don't tell me. I, I, just like, I'm going to squint. I'm good with squinting. I see, I see most things, okay? I drive fine. I know where the lines are. Uh, what was I going to say? I got completely... Oh, I want to start yeah. two rumors. Two, two rumors. Two rumors. Um, I, I, I haven't heard... This is not like official. and I, This is not like a... Okay. I am starting this rumor. Okay. I think Brianna Stewart should consider two teams. That may not okay. be on everyone's map. We have... The Las Vegas Aces. Wow. And the Washington was I mean the Washington Mystics. Wow. I got my Mystic stuff on today. So here here's the case for the Washington Mystics. Um let's say Stewie wants to this this kind of relies on Stewie wanting to go home to the East Coast. She's from New York. Yes. She is a New she, York. She uh she and her wife have have a child now. Um, Baby. her wife is from Spain. Right. So her wife's from Spain. So East Coast would be much easier than the West Coast to be visiting their families, to be hanging out with their families, to have childcare. But the place that would be closest to Brianna Stewart's hometown, or the, the, the team, is the New York Liberty. Right. New York Liberty are a pretty good team. Yes. They don't have necessarily the same winning situation that you would have with the Washington Mystics. True. So if she wants to go and win somewhere and play with great players, such as do. Elena Deladon, such as... Natasha Cloud in an organization with fantastic facilities and a commitment to winning, which New York also has, but Washington has that too. And just a little bit closer to the championship. And if she wants to sign a one-year deal and be on the East coast, it could work out there. True. Here's the, here's the case for the Las, Las Vegas aces. Okay. Talk to me. She's going to win a title there. Let me tell you, <laughs> she goes there and she wins the title. And in the mock free agency, okay. I had her sign a one-year deal because right. I thought I thought she she she's made such a um, a big deal about the prioritization thing because it is a big deal and she should. Um, that I'm not sure she's gonna want to give up leverage. That mm. she she has more leverage here as a free agent because she's in the news. She's able to talk. She's able to get more attention for her message as right. a free agent right. than when she's signed onto a team. So my my theory was she would want to sign. <laughs> A one-year contract. And Which she's gonna sign a one-year contract. She's gonna sign a one-year contract. I don't know if she would want to do that. Do you think she would want to do a one-year? I think so. Yeah, just for the leverage factor of like, well, hey, next year, yeah, maybe. I know, if you guys don't change the prioritization rule, I'm not gonna come back. You know, maybe. Okay, maybe she could do that. Right. And maybe they, maybe it's all it's all been handled already behind the scenes. Which yeah. may, then that changes things. But that's just my theory. Is like she wants to sign another one-year deal. Um, mm -hmm. to maintain the flexibility. If you're going somewhere for one year, well, I'll yeah. go win a title. Go win a title in Las, in Las Vegas and then see what happens. And then you yeah. kind of also, to me, you 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 break the league in a way that's going to get so much attention that yeah. it, I think it'd be really interesting for the WNBA if that happened, if we had a Kevin Durant situation right. where you know the best player in the league is going to the team that just won the title. And then we'll see what happens to everyone else because it's not like, no yeah. one's unbeatable in this league. It's not, it's a short True. season. Injuries happen, so I just think it'd be really, really interesting uh, as a possibility for her. And I know she's she's a winning nut. And for, to me, because yeah. we're we're both competitive, uh, I know you wouldn't do this. I would go anywhere 
to win. I don't, know. I don't care. I have no, I have no qualms about going somewhere to win because the whole point of the game is to win. So if I'm going yeah. somewhere to win, I don't care what people have to say about it. So I want titles. Yeah. I want ranks. Yeah. I don't so know. I think, Never been I, in that. I, I understand. I understand. Those are just two possibilities I want to float out. Yeah. There. Yeah. No, I hear you. I, I mean, if she went to Vegas, oh boy, like, I mean, I'm just thinking of that lineup and what it looks like. I mean, Dierica Hamby is is going to, I don't know if she's going to miss time, but she's expecting her second baby yeah. um, and what that looks like for their lineup um, and the depth and all of that. That would be an interesting piece for them to, to add, no question. And they might have to you know, trade somebody. They might have to trade somebody financially, yeah, to, to yeah. make that work contractually. But I'm just looking at it like, tactically speaking like to throw her in that mix what um that would be pretty uh phenomenal for for all involved in vegas but for her to come to dc i you know i i see the possibilities being endless um with ariel atkins around her with cloud and deladon around her and ah shoot austin I, austin cleaning up the mess austin oh, Come on, man. The, the front court, the front court for this team, because they don't actually Isn't need to get April rid of it. Yet? Like, <laughs> wait, go ahead. Be, the, so the front court would be Granister at the three, Alain yeah. Deldon at the four. Wow. And uh Shakira Austin at the five. Come with on. Ariel Atkins and Natasha Cloud as your guards. How long is that lineup? Like in terms of activity and link and best, def best defense of the league. Defense. That's and, what I'm saying. And and we're and we're changing Here one of the best defenders in the league, Alicia Clark, for possibly the best defender in the league, and Bramstu. Oh, seven-foot wingspan. Let's not forget. I mean, she is lanky on the perimeter at the three spot. And then you've got, you know, I call them turnstile defenders. And, you know, and I say that in the best way. Like, you got to yeah. go through them. Like, you can't, they're yeah. not, you're not going to get around them. you got to go through yeah. those guys. you got to go through Cloud. you got to go through Ariel Atkins because they're not going to let you get by them. Period. Mm -hmm. um, so they're just, they're going to be in your way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think that would be a phenomenal defensive lineup. And, and let's not even, let's take it to the other side of the floor. Offensively, how beautiful is that as a possibility to have Brianna Stewart, Deladon, Austin inside, and then Cloud and Atkins? Stop playing with well, me. And the injury playing. management you could do for Atlanta Deladons are a tip top shape in the playoffs with Brianna right. Stewart. Like you don't have to you don't have to worry about the Atlanta Deladon. The nights where Atlanta Deladon says, you know, we, we need to manage my injury, because you'll have Brianna Stewart. Yeah. So it'd be great. It's like yeah. and, and the reason what? I say these things in particular with um with Brianna Stewart, you know, that we didn't we didn't really say about Candace Parker is because yeah. I, I just see her in general, as kind of a Kevin Durant analog for the WNBA, she Agreed. she and Durant have a relationship. They talk, they you know, do. they they learn from each other. They, they play pretty similarly when you think about it, in terms of being those lanky players who can shoot, who can defend on the perimeter, who can defend at the rim, who do a little bit of everything for their team, and, and just their level of superstardom. I just did you see her as an analog for him, and that's why I'm like, it's like if I want to play my best basketball. I want to be the best basketball player I can be. Like, not even forget forget winning. It's not, I, I, with Durant, I've always theorized that that Golden State move wasn't about winning. It was about basketball. Like, yeah. that, you can say a lot of things about Kevin Durant. That dude loves basketball. And same with Brandon yeah. Stewart. 
She does. loves basketball. Yeah. And she wants to be the best. She wants to un- see how much better she can be. She can. See- she wants to see how good of basketball she can play. Yeah. yeah. I think those those two places provide her with potential answers to, you know, how good could I could I make a team? How good can we be as a basketball team? You know, right. and I, I don't think it's necessarily about winning or just rings, but it's it's about I don't know, it's about the inherent nature of competitiveness and wanting to yeah. be great at this sport. It's, it's love yes. of the game, which I which I'm all about. Love um, of the game. It, it's like it, if you want to be the you know I just I just love it. But you know, there's a bunch of other things that could happen too. Like mm-hmm. obviously, she can go back to Seattle and bring Courtney Vandersloot with her. Courtney Vandersloot, <laughs> uh, uh, a Pacific Northwest native. You know, yeah. I don't I don't know if Allie Quigley's playing next year, but if she is, the, these two could go to Seattle and play with Jewel Lloyd and Brianna Stewart. Uh, that'd be cool. That's a legit team right there. Ooh, all uh, the possibilities, honey. That, it's Misa. taking me, Gabe. It's taking me, like. How about Emma Miesman comes back to Washington? We almost did that in the mock-off season. God, I got really close. Uh, that so, would be fun. That would be, be fun. fun, too. All of it. That's, oh, my gosh. All. It's like, yeah. Like you said, puzzle pieces, man. Like. But that's going to be fun to see how things shake out. And that's going to happen pretty soon here. You said they pushed the date back. I think it starts on the 15th. I will double check that. Yeah. Because um, Rich, Richard sure Cohen. looking for it. Everybody's looking for it on the same day, on the right day. Because I know they were yeah. shifting and shuffling with it. Yeah. So Richard Richard had a tweet about it. And now I have to go find it. Um, you can also trade uh, future picks now. Oh. I believe that's what Richard said. Okay. I like it. Yep. That's that's cool. Okay. All right. So windows for qualifying offers and core designation starts on January 11th, which is next week. So that'll next be our week? first. Yeah, it'll be our core designations, our restricted uh, free agency offers, our reserve free agency offers uh, from July 11th to the 20th. So it's slightly longer than it was before. Or no, is it? No, no. I'm sorry. I'm lying. It was shorter. Um, and then the negotiating period starts on January 21st rather than January 15th. Right. So, okay. It's the 21st that we need to circle and have our eyeballs yeah. on, on, uh, on Twitter and everywhere else. It's going to be making a lot of announcements going on there. Yeah. So 21st will be probably when we, we may start hearing about stuff. And then February yeah. 1st is when conf- uh, contracts can actually be signed and offer sheets can actually be signed. And then this year, that offer sheet deadline is going to be it's going to be a little bit more interesting too because there's going to be a lot of teams waiting on those restricted free agency stuff right. Uh, right. that can't and and if we've seen before uh, unrestricted free agency starts a little bit sooner than what they right. tell you uh, so you know those uh, those kind of uh, time delays are going to be interesting but yeah if we got got a couple of weeks here to continue speculating wildly about what's going to happen so. Toss us your theories in the comments. I'd love to hear them. Yeah, we need to know. Like, I, I like to hear. And just like what you said, like all the possibilities, you know, of of players and where they could fit and and why they would want to go mm-hmm. in different cities. I think it would be uh, it would be interesting to see what, what the fans think as well out there, WNBA fans, basketball fans. Yeah. Basketball fans. <laughs> no, it's going to be fun for the next uh, couple months, especially because we do that. Then we have... Yeah, it's about to get crazy. Um, it's about to get crazy for everyone. But and then next week's our one hundredth episode. We have to figure out something special. We gotta do something. We have to. We're gonna get creative. Hey, uh, give us some suggestions <laughs> too. Tell people give us suggestions, Gabe, in the in the comments. I need to tell them. 
Well, I just Christy, said it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, give us suggestions in the comments, like Christy told you to. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll, uh, maybe I can go back and uh, find some memories. We have plenty. We have, we have too many memories on this podcast. We do have some fun stuff in here. Yeah. Over a hundred. You know. I mean, I mean, who knew that the pandemic would, would bring this great vehicle of communication and, uh, I don't know, platform for women's basketball as a whole, just to be able to talk about this great game and have everyone join us in that. It's, it's just really been fun on the social platforms and I've yeah. appreciated it. So I'm going to say that ahead of time before we get into all the mushiness of our actual 100th show. Um, but no, this has just been, it's been a dream. It's like a movie, right? Like we've just been able to move through and, and, and just create a space for ourselves here uh, in the game of women's basketball that we love. So it's and just a for our community. Yeah. A little, a little niche of the internet. It's just little fun. Niche. Love it. <laughs> I love right, it. Christy, let's go home. Wind well, up. I'm let's home. go home. We, we're I home. know I'm home too, but you know, we don't get it. <laughs> we don't have to. Uh, Y'all don't have to go home, but we got to get out of here a little bit. I got to do some running around. Gabe's got to do some <laughs> running around. Uh, but thank you guys for joining us today on Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. Oh my gosh, next week is our 100th episode. Mm. Do not miss that. Do not miss it. We're going to get creative. We're going to celebrate a little bit. And uh, Learfield Sports, thank you for picking us up and supporting us. And we are uh, thrilled about the possibilities of that as well. So for my partner, my guy, Gabe Ibrahim, I'm Christy Winter-Scott. And we will see you next time.